0: The best defense against big data being out in the world is just being open and honest and transparent about who you are, because then you have nothing to hide. I mean, the more we try to conceal, the more we're going to lose the ability to conceal, because there's too many places that we're exposed. There's social media. There's us and other people's social media, even if we weren't on it. There's news cameras and people taking pictures and monitoring, there's there's no way to be invisible anymore. So you might as well just tell the truth of who you are because somebody is going to tell your story and your data are theirs, so um, you might as well own it. And since I'm only around 8 minutes in, I guess I will tell you some of the most embarrassing stories that could possibly exist in my data but it's not really that big a deal because I think I've probably already written about them online, so it's not even that hard to find them. So, you know, I'm gonna start out early and work my way up to present with a couple of really embarrassing things that have happened to me, which I probably should, not you know, be embarrassed by, but that, um, you know, they are what they are. So, let's see, embarrassing, embarrassing, embarrassing um elementary school embarrassing incident i had the biggest crush on this guy jim i told him on a field trip um he said he liked me too it was probably not a cool move because i wasn't super popular and he held my hand for like five seconds in the planetarium and then we walked into the place in the science center where we were going to have something to eat and the kids went ooh like they do when two kids are together and then he totally ditched me and did not talk to me for a like i think the rest of elementary school jim last initial b you were kind of a dick when you were in the later part of elementary school but you've probably had a really long time to become a better person uh middle school I was doing like the super nerd like Napoleon Dynamite level thing for some of that time uh not all of it and I went to the orchestra Uh, this is one of my favorite stories like literally all my friends know this story by heart because I tell it so much I'm definitely not embarrassed by it but um I went to an orchestra Halloween party and I was like kind of a chubby kid um and I was embarrassed about my weight and for some reason I picked out a full-body cow costume um, with rubber udders and like one of those little like hats that ties like around your head with big ears and horns and I painted my entire face black and white and also wore my glasses over that and I literally don't know what I was thinking like it didn't make me feel more or less comfortable about my body it was just like I thought it was really funny I just loved that costume um, and I had like braces and glasses and my face painted and this cow costume with these really like huge rubber udders and i went to i think it was the orchestra halloween party um and when i got there and like literally like i was like so never invited to party like things that this was like a really big event for me and at some point during this party um somebody another student got in trouble like uh officially from an adult for attempting to milk me my rubber udders um and I have to say that I still remember how humiliating that was, and I didn't even understand why he was in trouble. Um, a little bit older, and I really had a crush on this guy who was at my summer camp. Uh, his name was John, and I was like, God, this guy's never going to notice me. And he seemed to enjoy that I was creative. Um, it's always been like my thing, right? Like that's how I hook them. I'm a little weird, but I'm interesting. Um, you know, that was before you know I grew boobs. Just kidding. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> um, no, really. That's always been my hook. And so, you know, at the end of camp, towards the end, there's going to be a dance and a campfire before the dance. And so, the night of the campfire you know, he was standing by me and I was like, maybe if I could like take this up a level, I mean, I don't remember what I was thinking, I was young, It was like still in middle school, a little later, I was like, I bet I can like take this up a notch of like weird, and maybe that'll be even more interesting, a strategy that's ended many relationships for me. And so like, in addition to, you know, being, you know, interesting, I took it up to like straight up bizarre, and I I told him I was a witch and I definitely was not, was not a witch. I was actually definitely not a witch at that point. I was, uh, you know, I think I was just after my bat mitzvah (laughs) and, um, he asked me to explain how I was a witch and I was like, I like went straight on like improvisational from like fantasy novels that I had been reading for fun. And I was like, oh, well, look, look in the bonfire. Like, you see how there are some different colors in there? I mean, I'm an artist. I'm very color sensitive. And I was like, well, that green fire means this. And that little bit of, like, yellow you're seeing, like, that more means this and that. And I mean, I went on for long enough and was convincing enough that I scared the shit out of that guy. And I did get teased, but nothing really bad came of it, maybe because the guy either was like, took pity on somebody trying to impress him or because I was scary and witchy for that day. Um, let's see, um, <laughs> when I moved to Texas for high school, uh, one of the first people I had a crush on before I made friends at, like, that school, his name was Troy. And I really liked him. He was in my art class and I I loved art class. Um, And like the kids weren't like super mean to me or anything. I had also grown several feet, like took up, like lost my glasses, no more braces. I looked like just like a normal high school student. Um, No one was bullying me anymore. I, you know, switched schools, switched states. And I think one of the more embarrassing things I've ever done is like this guy was like such a condescending patronizing kind of person that he knew I liked him and he knew my name was Amy but he would call me Annie and <laughs> I I was like no my name is Amy like we're in the same art group in the art class and he was like I know but I think Annie suits you better <laughs> so I let him call me Annie so he talk to me and you know I went through this phase where I had such a big crush on him that I was like I wish my name was Annie like he's right it does (laughs) it does suit me better um and that whole thing just went downhill real fast um and then I made friends um at that school and um you know like they were pretty great for high school friends and Um, my first date ever with, like, a high school boy, um, I asked him out, and I didn't even know, like, I was so inexperienced, I didn't even know how to ask a person to date. I actually wish I had let him ask me, because he seemed pretty conservative and uncomfortable with being asked out, but I was, like, impulsive, and I asked him, and I was like, let's go to the circus. I I got tickets, and I was like, let's go to the circus, it's gonna be in town, and I would like to see unicorns. Um, and I thought it'd be, like, a fun date, like, eating cotton candy and looking for the unicorns at the circus. That sounded ideal for me. And he just hated it. Like, you could just tell he hated it. Um, we were at the circus, and, um, you know, we listened to Garbage in his pickup truck, like Garbage the Band, and we got there, and, like, he was uncomfortable parking, and, um, you know, I mean, the band was great, but like when we got to the circus, he was like you know there were like children and like waving the light up sticks and you know, the cotton candy was sticky and I loved light up sticks, I almost got one Um, and he didn't want to look for unicorns, he just seemed unimpressed and then afterwards he took me to a kind of like kind of boring coffee shop and you know, kudos to him for finding something before it was a trend but he wanted to order wheatgrass and like to this day, I think it like tastes like cat litter, and you know he did wheatgrass shots, and he made me try one, and I was like, oh my god, I think I'm going to barf, and um, you know, it was a really pretty normally bad first date, but um, I still, of course, had a crush on that guy for like two more years because he seemed disinterested in me, and that's just how I was wired at that point in my life for like, you know, not that much longer, for like 20 more years. so you know college um, you know I did not know I didn't really drink when I got to college in New Orleans Um, and so that made for some really interesting moments Um, I rushed a sorority I quit a sorority Um, and at one point at a night that we were not supposed to be drinking it was a school rule that you don't drink on that night of your sorority pledging um, they took us off campus and they gave us you know shots and chasers and they spiked the chasers and apparently i was so um loaded when i got back to my dorm room that the only coherent thing i could say was the name of this sorority it was it i don't it's all i could say and i don't even remember much i was very lucky my roommate took care of me and i'm glad i ended up having to go to the hospital um after a little longer of that um, I quit the sorority after some more hazing that made me very uncomfortable Um, and you know other embarrassing college things Um, I really liked a guy to the point where I got really obsessive over it when I got to college I had never really liked somebody like that before Um, and I got really confused about what that meant because Like I was like a person in this place where everybody was using all these substances and I never had, and I didn't understand what liking a person was. Like I'd never, I'd been on like two dates. One of them was the circus date (laughs) and, and I had this thing for this person. I'd, I'd never felt feelings like that before. And like I didn't even know how to talk about it like I had no idea how to express any of that and this guy at some point is like do you want to go to the art building which was a safe space for me so it was a good thought he's like do you want to go to the art building and hang out one night and I was like yeah so first and I was like I didn't think this was a date like my self-esteem at that time was so low Like, it was, like, doing the limbo day by day, just, like, seeing how low it could go. And so we went to the art building, but first we stopped at his dorm to hang out with his roommates. And I had never smoked pot. Never. I had never done a drug at that point, really. Like, I think that was the first time. And we... I I tried it, and I I didn't think it was doing anything. Um, But then not normal and you know so we go on this date and I was so uncomfortable and paranoid and you guys this is why I don't even have caffeine or alcohol or (laughs) sugar it just makes me much sugar it makes me I don't need that but you know we um we went on this date and I just remember thinking this guy can't possibly like me and feeling bad about myself and we get to the art building where we're supposed to be having fun and I can't decide if it's a date or if he likes me. And I go to the clay room. I go to the clay room, I've been making clay. And the procedure for the class is before you spin on the wheel, you make a potato. This this I remember. So you make a potato and then you beat the air pockets out of it and then you make a potato and you beat the air pockets out of it. And I'm making my potato, which is like class protocol, and he's making something, and I'm making my potato to put in the wheel at some point, point. and the guy goes, he holds something up to me, he's like, look what I made for you, and I'm telling you guys, I could not tell if I was hallucinating, I chose to believe I was probably hallucinating, because I felt like no one would make me a heart out of clay, which I still to this day I'm not sure I saw, because <laughs> I was so messed up. And he said, do you see what it is? And I was, like, not trusting myself to say anything. He, I said, oh, you know, I'm making something, too. And he goes, oh, what are you making? And I was like, I'm making a potato. So, you know, to this day, I think about, like, that situation because it really messed with me for a long time, not knowing what actually happened there. And it was either, like, a Lloyd Dobler situation like I'll never know if it was like, you know, I gave her my heart, she gave me my, she gave me a pen. If it was like, you know, I gave her a heart, she gave me a potato, like, did that happen? Or was I this like completely messed up girl from, you know, this guy not knowing how to take a girl on a date who was not experienced in the world. And, you know, just staring at him making a potato out of clay, like literally no idea how that situation went. Cause he took me back to my dorm And I started telling my friend about how badly it went, and then he um, left, and I meant to say something, and then as he went into the elevator doors, they closed, he went down, and I felt so bad, and then he came back up, and I didn't say it again, he went back down. It was like the worst date I've ever been in, in like my entire life, and um that was like probably one of like my more like pathetic dating stories and I've really gotten a whole lot of dates. Um and plus I obsessed over that guy for like years because I didn't know what it meant to like somebody and that was the only example that I had. Um and then in graduate school, I mean my god, embarrassing moments from graduate school. Like, I mean, the thing is, it's like as I got older, they stopped being embarrassing. Like, I think around college, like, those seemed so potent, because that was, like, around the end of them bothering me. By the time I got to grad school, I was in art school, like, yeah, like, those moments were embarrassing that came next, but I don't remember them with any excruciating feelings of embarrassment. I, like, wear them with pride. I mean, you know, in art school, I had to do an assignment where I had to make a sculpture, and... I chose to make a box that like looked like I was inside it pushing out. and I decided to do it by photocopying myself and then like painting resin over that and then creating something that looked like asphalt. Um, I used like gorilla glue and covering that with like black paint so like it would look like tar kind of like like grumbly gravelly tar and so you know to do it I, I love the way that hair looks when you Xerox your face. Don't ask me why, I know that, but I do know that if you Xerox your face, it looks really, really cool. So I wanted that for my whole body and there's only one color copy big enough and available to do that with. And it was at the library in the middle of Savannah, um, right there in the main strip for uh, our school. And I went to the library and I asked to use a color copier and they're like, sure, it's like right in that little room. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, you know, that one with no door? And they were like, yep. So I was there by myself, and I got, I I grabbed a random other student, and they stood watch, and I literally had to take my top off and photocopy my entire torso, like my arms, and then my legs, and then, you know, my front and back, my torso, my neck, and all the angles of my head while another random student... (laughs) Very respectfully watched, like, look out um, to make that key, which came out fantastic. But I didn't use most of the, uh, the photocopies. Like, uh, but the story was great. That you know, I basically photocopied my entire body um, on the color copy at the school library, um, like at around three in the afternoon and a weekday one day, um, while the library was completely full of other students and nobody noticed. And if they did, they certainly didn't say anything. And I appreciate that solidarity if that's the case. Um, Other things, art school. Um, I mean, there's just nothing embarrassing about art school. It's like a great place to go if you want to learn not to be embarrassed. I mean, the whole structure of the place is you take work that means so much to you, that you spend so much time on, and you put it on a wall. And then, you know, after a few weeks of working on it, the class structure is like people criticize it for a really long time until you understand that nothing is perfect and anything can be criticized and you shouldn't take it personally and you criticize other people and you know you make changes or you don't, but it stops being so personal in that way. Um, some of my favorite things about that time were like. You know, like, there was a girl in my class for <laughs> her, like, major, middle of her degree, um, you know, test, I think, like, the whole thing she did, it was, like, performance art, which was great, but, like, and I know there was, like, a concept, but I don't remember what the concept was anymore, so all I remember is, like, how she rode on a tiny children's tricycle in circles for, like, a long time in between eating, like, an entire cake and then puking. <laughs> know that meant something and so you know it was art but I sure don't remember what it meant anymore and I do remember she passed and then we all went to the beach because <laughs> we passed ours too um and I remember going into like a bathroom and like to use it and getting kicked out because like naked people needed to add gold leaf to their body on the bottom floor where the undergrad shared space with us um and yeah that was awesome um I don't know like New York, moving here, I have definitely humiliated myself several, like, many occasions, um, you know, both pursuing relationships that definitely weren't gonna work out, like, just being, like, not, not being willing to admit that there was no future with people who didn't like me back, and also, like, handling badly relationships where someone did want to make it work with me, and being awkward about ending it, like, rejection is just a thing that happens, um, and then, and just, bizarre situations like the first time i rode the l train from manhattan to brooklyn um i yelled is this normal like really loud cuz the train was swaying from side to side so much i just started like holding it and freaking out in the pole and <laughs> freaking out and yelling is this normal and a bunch of people who obviously lived in new york and i was new said yeah this is this is definitely normal um so um I mean, I went on a date with a guy, um, my first internet date in New York. I had talked to this guy, hadn't met him, and when I met him in person, um, he didn't make any eye contact, and, you know, having had awkward dates myself, I didn't make a big deal out of it, and I don't know if it was an eye condition or a, like, shyness condition, but he didn't look me in the eye the entire night. And at the end of the date, you know, I was saying goodnight and, you know, we were sitting there and, you know, I was trying to be nice about it. And, you know, it wasn't that I hadn't tried to make eye contact. I mean, it was practically like whack a mole. Like, you know, I would get my eye contact near his and he'd move his head and I'd, I'd have, like, not made contact again. It was like, you know, he was winning spy versus spy of eye contact. And, you know, at the end of the night, um, You know, I had no idea where he was looking, so it was completely shocking to me when he, out of nowhere, just like laid one on me and started kissing me. And at that age, I was like, didn't understand that, like, you know, that was a violation of my consent. But also, you know, I just was like, it was so ludicrous that I didn't like slap him or anything or, you know, pour a drink on him because he wasn't, um, I wasn't quite as aggressive. Um, I kind of was just like, no. No, and i went home and uh it just became one of many 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 embarrassing and strange mutually awkward dates here in new york um and i mean god i once took my dog to the vet and not this dog but my dog bessie who i had for 11 years and she had a cough And I rushed her to the emergency vet in downtown Brooklyn, which has like three steps down. I didn't know it had three steps. I'd never been there before. And when I went in, I was carrying her. She was a smaller dog. And I fell down three steps into the emergency vet, like down three steps carrying my dog. And luckily, I didn't land on her. But so the dog, Bassie, got um, an antibiotic and, um, you know um, a cough suppressant, and I ripped a couple of ligaments and was told to go to the emergency room the next day, which I did, and I wore a boot for, like, two months after that. Um, I mean, I could go on, we're at 30 minutes now, and tell humiliating stories, like, for a really long time. I mean, I could feel, like, th- Three podcasts full, or four or five, or 20 podcasts full of humiliating things that have happened to me. I mean, there's like, you know, the run of the mill, embarrassing to the like diabolical, like someone embarrassed me on purpose to the I tried to do something that wasn't nice and I brought it on myself, to the, you know, bad things happen to good people, to the bad things happen to people who weren't doing well enough, to the, you know, a bird poops on you and someone says it's good luck but obviously they said that because they've also been pooped by a bird kind of situations um you know that's life life happens and um you navigate it um and i can't totally remember how i got here from data but i guess it would be really nice if All of this stuff that I'm collecting, like, by using my tech, could somehow, like, oh, that's right. You know, if it's going to be out there anyways, you know, in the world, I might as well just own it. Because you can't hide stuff like that. Like, no one's going to know the details of your life that much, unless you share it like I am right now. But they're going to know the rough brushstrokes of it. And... You know, unless you're doing things that are really wrong, like, why hide those things? Those are who you are. Those things. Not just the things you accomplish, but all those humiliating things that have happened to you in the middle. That's a big part of who you are, too. And when I meet someone, when I meet people, I love hearing those things. Those idiotic things that they've done along the way. Those are some of the best parts of getting to know people. So, um, I guess have a good night. It's night now that I'm recording this because I'm not ready to record the one I had planned to do. I need to gather some more things. I'll get it out soon. And if you screw up, screw up like you mean it and really, you know, go big or go home or go big and fall over and get up and go home and learn something from it. And don't be embarrassed that it happened. Good night.